I hope I get killed by a hot dog cart. That's not true. Like in your sleep in old age, in your bed, <laughs> yeah. a hot dog cart just yeah. like falls through the I ceiling. I just want it on my tombstone. I want people to know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that was very resigned. <laughs> I just like, I'm like, all right, I'll keep that in mind. Okay. Don't shift your way. Don't stare. And for God's sake, whatever you do. Hello and welcome to March Bradness. I'm Sarah. I'm Hannah. And this is the world's only March Madness style Brad Pitt themed podcast where we're going to pit every single Brad Pitt movie against one another in a quest to find the ultimate Brad. This is not a spoiler free podcast. Brad Pitt is in all of these movies for pretty much the entire time. So we're going to talk about all of them. Yeah. Completely. The whole dang thing. Kit and caboodle. So if you... Don't want to be spoiled for these movies that usually came out in the 90s. Stop, go find them, watch them, and then come back. If you don't care about that, uh, forge on ahead, because we're going to be doing some some sweet, sweet talking. Sweet, sweet Brad <laughs> comparisons. <laughs> so this week, we lied to you. <laughs> we're big liars. We're the big weenie babies for lying, because only big weenie babies lie. Our pants are on fire, and <laughs> I am terrified. We said we were going to be watching Fury versus Contact, the movie that is not about aliens. Well, it is true that Contact isn't about aliens. We were not able to find it. This is yeah, the first. It's it's a short film, which we didn't know until I was like Googling it at work because I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch a movie tonight. And I was like, oh shit, it's only a half an hour long. And we were like, hey, LMFAO. And then I was like, hold up. Where, where am I supposed to find a short film? From 1992. Uh, it turns out that you can't just find a 30 minute <laughs> short, short film films. from 1992. Uh, directed by Jonathan Darby, I believe. That's off the top of my head. He's like from England. Anyway, long story short, I emailed the Oscar. And we are waiting to hear back. So hopefully, yeah, crossing crossing my fingers. If anybody knows how we can track down this movie, please let me know. Otherwise, I submit like a viewing request. I'm trying to find the director. Uh, we will find it. Don't think we're giving up, but it's just not going to be this week. Yeah. You know, I thought I was stumped on the image. I had to buy that off Amazon, and that felt like a low point to me. It was nope. the last copy. <laughs> I don't think I ever got that on the podcast. I own the last copy of the image. <laughs> Unless they restocked. Am I happy to own that movie? I guess. I guess. We gotta own every Brad Pitt movie. I know. What are we gonna do if they don't give us a copy of Contact? What if we have to fly to Los Angeles to watch it at the Oscars? I will do it. Me too. Oh, I would absolutely... If they were like, you get to go to the Oscars to watch Contact... I would, like, I would just like the building, out. not the Oscar. They're not gonna like show contact in the middle of the Oscar oh. awards ceremony. <laughs> like, um, and then halfway through this, it's gonna be like us sandwiched between like Nicole Kidman <laughs> and like Keith, Keith Urban or whatever. Fucking Brad Pitt. There you go at the Oscars because we're gonna be the first podcast to win an Oscar. <laughs> You're just gonna have to sit in a movie theater in New York and Los Angeles for a day, listening to every episode. And then we'll win an Oscar. I'm so down for this in any capacity. If the Oscars calls me, I will answer. You know, I actually told them that my preferred contact was email, and I'm regretting that now. Because mm. I think I would pre- I would prefer to receive a phone call that was like, you're going to L.A., than an email. So. <laughs> That's fair. Anyway, uh, we digress. We watched Sleepers. Sleepers, 1996, directed by Barry Levinson, is a movie 
that was made. It was two and a half hours long. Um, it takes place in alternating between the 60s and the 80s. In Hell's Kitchen, New York. Yeah, slash upstate New York in a home for boys. So this gang of rapscallion children whose names I never really bothered to learn. You can name them any kid name, like Tommy. Uh, I think one of them, wasn't it? Mikey. <laughs> Mikey. Uh, any like 60s sort of Italian, Irish, Catholic, New York name yeah. is going to fit these kids like Jimmy. A, great. Yeah. Uh, uh, Donnie. Yeah. There we go. There, there we go. go. So uh, there's there's a gang of the boys, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Mikey, Donnie, Donnie <laughs> Mikey, and Tony. Tommy. <laughs> Tommy, yeah. Tony. Um, and they're little hellions in 1960s Hell's Kitchen, New York. Ha! Ah, Sarah's giving me this look right now. Like, yeah. Because I can't wait to tell you guys that they murder a man with a hot dog cart. They they kill a man with a hot dog cart. First, they steal the hot dog cart. This is Grand Theft Auto. Is it Grand Theft Auto if you steal? Grand Theft Hot Dog. <laughs> they push it down the subway stairs and they they kill a man. They smush him real bad. Smushed by hot dogs. It's really funny, but everything goes downhill after that. Everything else in this movie is brutal. I don't think it was supposed to be funny. I don't think so either. It's just the <laughs> absurdity of it all, you know. Um, yeah. So so the gang, the boys, the ease, uh, kill a man with a hot dog cart, and then they're all sent to boy prison upstate like a reform school full of other boy criminals yeah and when they say school it they mean jail yeah it's a tiny jail for little kiddos <laughs> tiny baby jail for <laughs> for tiny babies no they're they're wearing like the uniforms and everything and they eat in like a it's a jail yeah they're they go to jail they go to juvie basically yeah uh but they call it reform school because it's the 60s and they're they would want to pretend that everything's fine. None of these children are Brad Pitt, by the way. Yeah, they're all just regular children. Not even, like, digitally aged down Brad Pitt, like in Benjamin Button. Just regular kids. They don't even look like Brad to the point where I don't know which kid grew up to be Brad. Me neither. I've got um, I've got a hunch, but I'm not 100%. <laughs> oh, man. So they go to reform school. Mm -hmm. Kevin Bacon is a guard. Mm -hmm. And Kevin Bacon and his cronies... Uh, molest these children because uh -huh. this movie has a hundred percent more child molestation in it than uh -huh. you would want in life or a movie. Yeah, and it's upsetting and not super chill. Mm -hmm. And then the kids grow up, and then it's the eighties, and two of them grew up to be crime crime lads. Crime lads. One has a mustache. The other has like really cool dark hair, slick back and stuff. Real Leather music. jacket. Again, yeah. neither of these men are Brad Pitt. Yeah. I regret to inform you. Uh, I'll tell you when he shows up. <laughs> this was us watching, watching the along. movie. You're like an hour and a half in at this point. Yeah, you're into this two and a half hour movie. So there's like yeah. an hour left. And you're like, where's Brad? Yeah. These guys kill Kevin Bacon. They shoot him like in the knees and it's then great. the arms they and shoot then him the like, chest and then the head. It's and it's like, really ah, satisfying. Gunk him. Get him. Get gunk, Get him. Kevin. And then they get tried for murder. The main boy, the narrator boy, is like, we're going to get you guys off the hook because you killed our molester. And then Brad Pitt shows up. Then and only then. <laughs> only then. Brad Pitt is a lawyer. 
He's he, a DA. Assistant he, oh, DA. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't really know what that is. As a d- district attorney. He works for the government. Okay. To government lawyer. He, he's, uh, he's a beautiful boy. He, oh, man, I don't think we've seen his age yet. I would say he was approaching his prime. He yeah. was young, but yeah. approaching being a more standard Brad Pitt age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's you know? like, I want to say he's like sort of seven era, you know? I feel like he's probably yeah. dating Goop around this time. Interesting. Uh, he's got that Meet Joe Black, like fresh face. Very Meet Joe Black. His lips are but better so, hair. so pouty and full. Yes, better hair than Meet Joe Black, who used a little too much gel. A little too crispy blonde. Crispy boy, like a little potato chip. <laughs> crunk, crunk. Crunch him up. Anyway, yeah, he is doing his lawyer stuff and he's helping his friends, mm-hmm. but he's got to be real sneaky about it because the law can't know that he's taking a side in this case. This yeah. movie is hard to follow because it's super boring, just yeah. so everyone knows. We're it, trying our best. It, it turns into a courtroom drama for the last... Like B-movie. Like B-movie. Holy shit. Should Brad Pitt be in B-movie? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> we'll, we'll get back to you on this. To be determined. So uh, Brad Pitt is the DA, which means that he has to try and persecute his friends, but he doesn't want to do that because he's like, hell yeah, you killed our fucking rapist. So he has to be really sneaky. So he does things like get dirty cops to steal the evidence from the evidence lockers. They don't have it anymore and walk around motives and stuff. Hannah, you're making this movie sound like kind of fun. Oh, I'm sorry. He does those things, but it's very slow and tedious, and you don't really know they're happening. <laughs> I actually didn't know that that happened in this movie. Oh. I'm like, man, that sounds more interesting. Yeah, it was. It's it's a movie that I don't recommend watching on a whim. I really, really hated this movie. I mean, obviously, the child rape was not its high point. Yeah, anytime there's a um, movie's got to really fight against child rape. Absolutely, it's which really it, got an it did battle. not do. Even if you took that out, it still it was just like it was really boring and i don't mean to sound like a millennial here but like my attention span like you gotta keep me interested I, it was just like a little bit coming of age a little bit murder but mostly courtroom drama yeah mostly courtroom drama and child rape yeah which are two things that i don't like in at all film no this movie was one of those things where i spent the entire time wishing i was watching a different and better version of this and there wasn't enough brad it, yeah there was not a lot of brad 200 percent more Brad would have saved this movie, mm-hmm. I think. Two to four hundred percent. Two to four hundred percent. But like not in a courtroom, I guess. Like let him out of there. Right. I wish Get him out. I wish that Brad were the main character because Brad is, as we all know, capable of carrying a film. Definitely. I feel like they kind of squashed him into a little box. They make some mentions earlier in the film that Brad's character ends up not practicing law anymore after this case. Mm. And I think it would have been far more interesting to follow Brad and sort of get an idea of, like, the struggle that he's going through with this case and stuff like that. Because yeah. I think he'd be good at that, and I think it would add, like, a certain amount of emotional heft to it. Yeah. Other than good on those guys for killing their child rapist. Yeah, no, he he did a good job being a lawyer, I thought. I thought that he was fun to watch. He was more fun than many people to yeah. watch. Uh, he was a little bit silly, showed some vulnerability. Again, we mentioned Meet Joe Black. I think it was very similar to Meet Joe Mm -hmm. Black. A little less goofy. Less goofy, but talking with the same kind of mouthy voice. Yeah. It was Brooklyn accent. Yeah. It was accent. Which you did okay with. You should stay home tomorrow. Call in sick and save your life, counsel. I'm not taking this case to win. I'm taking this case to lose. What does that mean? It's payback time. Look, John and Tommy started this. It's begun. 
it's, it's messy, it's not how I had it planned, but here it is. You and I, we can finish it. Finish what, Mikey? accent brad can do i yeah. give brad pitt permission to do a new york accent. yeah i'm gonna go ahead and say he passed that accent test which yeah. you know he doesn't always do yes yeah i know it's it was a solid brad yeah he was not a bad brad mm-hmm. he was a handsome brad he's got his beautiful pouty lips and mm-hmm. his beautiful blue eyes and his really 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 nice like hair that you just kind of want to go you know, <laughs> like it'd be really fun. Like that. This is a Brad that you could frolic with. You, you know? could. I really. I've got to go back to the lips. I think his lips looked better in this movie than they've ever been before. They were very kissable. Very... He's been doing lip balms in it. You know, he's <laughs> like, I've lived a hard life and I'm gonna treat myself. And he rubs this little brown sugar olive oil spread on him and then licks it off and is like, hey, and then kisses you. <laughs> and you're like, wow, that's pretty specific. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that would be my review. Like, give him more to do. Because yeah. he could do more than a courtroom, you yeah. know? They, like, gave him the courtroom and he did it. But, like, give him more. Yeah, I want to follow this Brad home. I want to see this Brad's inner life. Yeah. And I don't think I got to see it. No. There's really not much to say about this movie. Yeah, Because it, it, it's mostly... It's a child prison <laughs> and very little Brad Pitt. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. But, like, you know, good Brad when he showed up. Yeah. Just wish there was more of him. Start a fight club, Brad reputation. Okay, well, here's a cool thing uh, that happened in life because life has been gifting me on-brand content Did recently. Did you meet Brad Pitt? I wish. No, but Brad Pitt did meet Frank Ocean <gasps> at Fife Fest, I think, FYF. I don't know what it stands for. It's in Los Angeles. My friend Ben was there. It was dope. Uh, did he meet Brad Pitt? I don't think so. Did he meet Frank Ocean? Ask. I, I doubt think he would have told I think he you. would have said something if, if he, he was met a friend Brad Pitt. worth his salt. He would be like, "Who do I know that runs a Brad Pitt <laughs> podcast?" <laughs> yes, I would hope so. Ben Sack, let me know if you meet Brad Pitt. Yeah, so Brad Pitt was at Fife Fest. I'm gonna call it Fife Fest. I gotta say, I keep confusing it with that fire festival. <laughs> I do too. I would have renamed this one. Yeah, definitely. Um, can we just call it Firefest? Yeah, Brad Pitt and Frank Ocean were at Fire Festival stranded on a desert <laughs> island. No, okay, so as we've known through the coverage from the world, Brad Pitt and Frank Ocean have sort of like phone tag going on. So they've been like referencing each other. Like in the GQ article, Brad was like, I've been listening to a lot of Frank Ocean. And then at a recent festival, Frank Ocean was wearing a shirt with Brad Pitt on it, which was no offense, Frank, but not as good as my shirt with Brad Pitt on it. Uh, well, you bought the last one. That's true. At the Mall of America Urban Outfitters. <laughs> and Frank was like right after me. He's like, I really need a Brad Pitt shirt. And he's like, God damn it. And they were like, we just sold the last one, Frank. And Frank, I'll have you know, I wear that shirt pretty much every day off to the point where my therapist has commented on it. Uh, and you're like, it's a good It's sign. either the Brad Pitt shirt or my Justin Bieber shirt. She's like, this is a boy lover, all right. We got a number one case of the boy lovings right here. (laughs) We got to see what's going on in that noggin. No, so this sort of friendship bromance sort of thing, the media has been calling it a bromance, but I think it's more than that. And also, I think we're over the term bromance as a people. Hmm. Do you think it's homophobic? Um, I'm not qualified to say. Hmm. I just, like, feel like it's tired. Like, how we don't, we shouldn't say feels anymore. Oh, man, you're right. Okay, you know, so it, yeah. Romance and feels are both retired to the Disney vault. Same with Doggo, but I don't think we're ready for that as a people. Oh, I'm really ready for that. Well, I know I people. am too, but the general Pepper. public is not over Doggo. it yet. Disney vault. 
Disney Vault. Return only for the Platinum Edition in 2117. Cheeseburger. You cannot have cheeseburger. You are allergic! <laughs> so, at this Five Festival, uh, Frank Ocean did a set, which I hear was incredible. Was it fire? It was lit as fuck. Is that what the kids these days are saying? I don't know. Was it, can we say on fleek? I want to misappropriate on fleek. I don't think we can say that. No. No, Frank Ocean did a set at Five Festival that was, like, supposed to be super, super, super dope. It was going to be, it was amazing, apparently, I heard, uh, from the net. And what's even better is that while he was doing a cover of a Jackson 5 song, that's name I cannot recall off the top of my head right now, uh, Brad Pitt was there. He was just, like, on the screen behind Frank Ocean talking on a phone. This is the thing. We don't know if he was there or if it was a recording of I've him. seen pictures of him... Like, on stage. Was he truly at the festival? I believe so. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it looked pre-recorded. I think know? it was just a really good camera. I like, I've seen a like, picture, I've seen pictures of him, like, on the side of the stage. I thought it was, like, a joke that he was, like, on his phone, you know? Like, oh, he's here listening to Frank Ocean, but he's, like, so busy that he's on his phone, you know? Like, why would he go to his buddy's concert and be on the phone? I think he was acting. Because, like, the whole song is, like, I want, like, we're gonna, like, get, it was, like, it was, like, a sad, lovelorn, like, let's work it out. He was acting like he was on the phone with Angie. Uh, like it was like a divorce song. It was okay. like a heartbreak song, and okay. Brad was there like on the phone. Got it. And it's like this thing is like I think it was a reference to how he's like Frank Ocean's helping me through my divorce, and That's Frank Ocean cute. is like this song is about love lost and found and lost, okay. and like it was like a film piece, which not to get all dream daddy cult about it, but <laughs> Spike Jones was also in the audience recorded like he's Holy been filming. Shit. Yeah, so Spike Jones has been filming. He's filmed a prior performance of Frank's at a prior festival, I think, in, like, Glastonbury or mm -hmm. something. And then he was there recording this one mm -hmm. with Brad as well. So I'm wondering if there's going to be, like, a Frank and Brad buddy Holy thing. Shit. Or if it's just, like, a concert series. Because uh, Spike Jones did get his start doing music videos. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I eagerly look forward to the future. I'm really into this content. I'm just into, like, anything where... It was just... I don't know. It was a good Brad. It was yeah. a solid Brad. Yeah. It was a better Brad than War Machine. Definitely. <laughs> he looked very soulful. Can we say... You know how we used to say... And this is also retired to the Disney vault, but we used to say still a better love story than Twilight? Can we say still a better Brad Pitt than War Machine? Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's a thing now. <laughs> We're, you're all welcome to use it. Um, speaking of Brad Pitt and war. Oh, mm -hmm. da, da, da. that's a good segue. Thank you. Brad Pitt was in this really cool war movie called Fury. <laughs> do you want to give us the deets? I sure do. Fury is a war movie about a tank. A tank named Fury. And it's about World War II. And once again, we've got Brad Pitt fighting the good fight, killing some Nazis. I, as I usually do, went into this not knowing anything about it. It's a critically acclaimed movie, but I really feel like I didn't hear about it. Maybe because I don't like war movies. Brad Pitt is a general named War Daddy. Yeah, War Daddy. 
Don't say it like that. <laughs> this is canon. I thought you were pulling my leg when you said his name was War Daddy, but it really is. Uh, he's kind of like a grizzled general, but don't worry, he's not doing the voice that he's doing in War Machine. Uh, nor is he talking with a claw hand. Uh, anyway, so it's about running him... Running with a full diaper. <laughs> he does not run with a full diaper. It's about him commanding his team through the war. This was one of the more nuanced war movies that mm-hmm. I had seen. It was very grimy, mm-hmm. uh, very boots on the ground, uh, saw a lot of chunks of bodies. It really made war look like a look like a bum zone. <laughs> Just roll straight to the bum zone. No, I think that's really I think that's really important. I think this is one of the first World War II movies I've seen where it didn't, like you said, glamorize it at all. Yeah. I think usually when you see World War II movies, you're like, yo, World War II fucking sucked. But everyone looked dope. Yeah. Like with their like cool 40s skirts and stuff. And like, oh, they were having a rip-roaring good time dancing to swing music. But this was like, oh, you had to trudge through the mud because Nazis took over your village and were going to murder you yeah. for not being part of the SS. And the one time that they did have a good time, there is a time where they befriend some Germans and they're in their house and, you know, these two women who feed them, they all die. Yeah. They get super bombed yeah. by Nazis. Yeah, so it's it's a hard-hitting movie. It really... It was very well done. The audience surrogate for this movie, there was this young boy who had just joined their troop. Logan Lerman. So their prior gunner, basically, had been killed, and you see his face inside of the tank. A chunk of it. Chunk of face. Uh, and Logan Lerman, uh, also known for Percy Jackson, and also, I think, Perks of Being a Wallflower. He's that fresh-faced young kid that you're all talking about. It gets immediately recruited on the spot because they, like, go back to base camp. He'd been, like, like, a typist or yeah, something. Yeah, he could type 80 words a minute. And they're like, you, get in the tank. And he's like, um, no. And they're like, it's fucking war. You have to. So he does. And he's, yeah, the audience surrogate. Yeah, and he doesn't want to kill at first. There's a really great scene, and I think this was one of Brad's strongest scenes in the movie where he takes the kid, they, like, find a Nazi, and they are planning to kill him. And Brad pulls the kid over, because the kid keeps on not firing his gun, and Brad's like, you need to step up and kill somebody, and the kid's afraid. So when they capture this Nazi, Brad has the kid kill him, and he's, like, holding him and, like, physically has his hand on the trigger, and Mm -hmm. he's like, you need to shoot. Just get it over with. Just get it over with. I can't do it. Yes, you can. I know you can. He kills you or you kill him. Simple math. You or him. Pick. Um, And the kid makes his first kill that way. Mm -hmm. But really, really strong scene from Brad there. Mm -hmm. Brad was really nuanced in this movie. Definitely. I thought that he was hardened by the war. It was obviously really uncomfortable when he was, like, trying to get this kid to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. When the kid was obviously, like, trying to get out of it yeah. you know was basically a pacifist but at the same time you could see where brad was coming from they weren't making him out to be a monster yeah it, he was very much like you have to do this there's an interesting comment at one point where the other men in their crew are talking about how war daddy has been keeping them together and how like their tank crew is very much a family right and how like they wouldn't basically be in this situation without him they wouldn't want anyone else to be in charge of them and there's another scene where babette is walking past logan lerman is like i haven't seen you eat anything all day you have to eat and one of the guys is like make sure he sees 
busy doing it. Like Right. Yeah, like he actually cared for the team. Yeah. And he understood like the impact that it was going to have yeah. on the kid to do that and he was like, you know, keep an eye on him. Yeah. He was. He was like a a father to the team. Like, yeah. He was, it was a leader. It was, it was a very paternal dad. It was. He loved that thing. He loved it. He talks about how it was his home. They talk a lot about it being the best job they ever had. And yeah. you do get the feeling that like this is a job but also a home for them. Definitely. It made me like kind of get the army a little yeah. more. Yeah. This was one of the best Brads that I've seen so far. Definitely. Absolutely. It was really, the, again, that nuance is super important. It's all the nuance that when we talk about there being no nuance, he was saving all of the nuance in his, his beefy, beefy body to put into War Daddy. I think it is so interesting that when Brad turns it out like this, like, you really see it. And I know we've talked about this in the past where if you watch too many goofy Brad Pitt movies in a row, you kind of forget that he legitimately knows how to act. Yeah, he's legit a very good actor. I just get the sense that he has to he has to care about the movie yeah. and care about the project. He has to believe that it has merit. And I think he has to be allowed to kind of create or shape the character. Yeah. And I don't know what it was, you know, because he's done other war movies. I wish we could see Contact uh, to compare that. But he really was on. Yeah, I think much like the kid in school who fails every class except for, like, geometry or something because he's really passionate about shapes and numbers. <laughs> Brad Pitt, I think, does a passable job in a lot of things, but if he he's got to hit that sweet spot. He's got to make the magic happen. Yeah, it's and I know we were talking about this too. Like Brad, especially for some of these later movies, has reached a point in a, in his career like where he doesn't necessarily have to act and he's like mm-hmm. relying on his status alone. Yeah. And you he's do a movie star. Yeah, you hit that sometimes, you know? Like I really feel that way even though it moved forward about Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I almost want to say, like, the oceans. Like, obviously, he's super turned on in the oceans, and I do think that's a quintessential Brad, but, Mm -hmm. like, in terms of a serious Well, he's not, like, acting in oceans. Yeah. You know, oceans... I was talking to a a friend of mine. I was talking to my friend Joe, and he was saying, Oceans is one of those movies where you turn it on, and it's like, yeah, I'm hanging out with Brad Pitt in my living room. Yes. And this is... There's Brad Pitt, the guy. Yeah. And then there's Brad Pitt, the actor. Right. And this is a very good example of Brad Pitt, the actor. That is a really good way to put it. Because it's like, I don't feel like Brad's actual personality is that different from Ocean's. Obviously, he's not stealing eggs. But, um... <laughs> gotta, he's thinking about it all the time. 24 <laughs> fucking 7, he's like, gotta get <laughs> But he's But he's a goofy, charismatic guy. Yeah. At least, I mean, God only knows. I don't know the man, but all evidence... What if it's not? What if his closest match in personality was War Daddy? I would be shocked. But, or, like, I can see, like, elements of it. Yeah. Again, that, like, gruff paternalism. I don't yeah. think Brad is going to make you uh, shoot a, a man. I don't think so either. But, but like, yeah, no, I, I trusted War Daddy. If I had to go to war, if I was drafted, I would want War Daddy there by definitely. my side teaching me how to shoot a gun. Yeah, I guess, like, super, uh, talking about sleepers, this is a sleeper film. Definitely. Like, I... You know, people keep asking, like, do you have any predictions, yada yada, and it's like, I don't know, I always rattle off, like, the ones that he's known for, which is, you know, Burn After Reading, and obviously Oceans, obviously Fight Club. I've never heard Fury come up as, a, as like, a, a well-known Brad role, but this was a really, really, really yeah. good Brad. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Phenomenal. I'll pull out the P word. Phenomenal. It really was phenomenal. It's, it is a movie I would watch 
many other times. Also, weird fun fact, directed by the person who directed Suicide Squad. Uh, That's crazy. So everyone's got a good movie in them. I guess so. I guess. I'm I could, excited. I could talk about this a lot longer, but I think the episode's going to start getting long, and I mm. think we are absolutely going to get to talk about it again, boop, 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 boop. it's moving on to the second round. I mean, what is... <laughs> That's my tank sound. Fury annihilates Sleeper and takes home a win. Yo, congratulations, Fury. Congratulations, War Daddy. Congratulations, took it War home. Daddy. Sleeper, we, we will continue to sleep on that. Yeah, Sleeper's... Come back to me when you have 100% less child rape in your movie, and yeah. then maybe I'll listen. Special edition. Special uh, Hannah's cut. What's the opposite of an extended? Truncated cut? Yeah. Trunk Truncated. cut. Trunk cut. Tune in next week for a mini episode, a movie Brad Pitt should have been in, and tune in the week after that for our next official pitting, which is... Megamind. Versus By the Sea. Featuring special guest Anne Peterson. She's back! This is going to be interesting. I'm excited for this one. I am too, because we have another cartoon. We have another cartoon, which is going to be great. And also because By the Sea is his divorce movie. I'm very interested to see. And then all the press tours are like, oh no, it brought us closer together. Oh no, it was like totally fine. Can can you see the divorce in his eyes? We're about to find out. I'm going to bet. Yes. Does he finally turn it on for a cartoon? This could be it. (laughs) Is he the villain? No, he's the good guy. Ah, shit. Will Ferrell is Megamind. Oh my it's god. Will Ferrell, Tina Fey, and Brad Pitt. Oh my god. Alright, this is this is gonna be interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. Alright. Follow us on various spots on the net. All social media accounts, please. If you're not, you are not a true fan and not my friend. <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter at March Bradness, Instagram March.bradness, Facebook March Bradness, and on our website, MarchBradness.net, where you can make your own uh bracket yeah or not make your own bracket but you can like vote on the bracket <laughs> you can make your own bracket if you want aforementioned joe told me that he keeps voting for a devil's own and <laughs> thinks he's the only person voting uh, he could be he's very well maybe get on it guys. caitlin voted for all of the oceans thank you caitlin but yeah i don't interact with us yeah. send us an email uh which you can find at contact at marchbradness.net we're nice cool friendly gals i love receiving emails from things that aren't my job Hannah likes to talk to strangers on the internet. It's my favorite. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that's all I have to say. Eat your vegetables. Do eat your vegetables. Have a green bean. Wear sunscreen. It's hot out. You'll get a sunburn on your little shoulders. Have a great day. Night, evening, week, year, decade, lifetime. Yeah. I hope it's all very successful for you. Take care of yourself out there. It's a big, wide world. It's a big, scary world. Okay. And I believe in you. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) <laughs> What's in the bag?